The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmilzer. And our topic today is, should we regulate AI? And if so, how? So certain people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk have been sounding the alarm bells on artificial intelligence. And in our podcast, Should We Be Scared of AI? We talk about that a little. But Elon Musk says he's urging governors to regulate artificial intelligence, quote unquote, before it's too late. So he thinks that you know, we need to create laws right now and that we need to preemptively stop whatever, you know, bad things could come about from AI. So sort of the challenge, of course, like there are no AI laws and regulations right now. So what would these regulations be? And when I saw him say that when he was been quoted in the press, like we need these laws and regulations. I'm like, okay, well, what are you referring to? Are you referring to laws that would prevent people from doing research on AI? Are you talking about laws that would you know prevent us from using AI? And so what we decided to do here is to sort of theorize a little bit about what these kinds of laws and regulations would be. And there's been a recent article in the New York Times that talked a little bit about what this sort of regulation could be. Right. So there are three laws of robotics that the writer Isaac Asimov introduced in 1942. And these rules are number one, A robot may not injure a human being or through interaction allow a human being to come to harm. Number two, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings, except such orders that would conflict with law. And then number three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the previous two laws. So the author of the article goes a little bit farther to say that we should now make more AI-specific laws and that number one, an AI system must be subject to the full gamut of laws that apply to its human operator. Number two, an AI system must clearly disclose that it is not a human. And then number three, an AI system cannot retain or disclose confidential information without explicit approval from the source of that information. So that got us thinking that, you know, okay, well, how can we classify these laws? And so that we feel is a regulation on the capability of the actual AI system itself. So an AI system must be subject to the full gamut of laws that apply to its human operator. Well, how does it interpret the law? Are the are the humans putting the law in and then the AI is interpreting the law or is it not ambiguous? So, you know, we have questions with that. Yeah, I think the other thought we have here is that if we're talking about what the AI systems are doing, we could talk about some of the technologies that people are using to, as I mentioned, one of these things has to do with privacy. You know, if you're talking to Alexa, you're talking to Siri, you're talking to your Google phone, and you're disclosing all this information and it's going back to Amazon, well, we can have a law similar to the COPPA law that protects minors to say, okay, well, companies like Amazon and Google and Apple are obligated to not disclose any confidential information that's been disclosed to it. And that makes Apple, Google and those guys liable. But, you know, what if I'm talking to it and I, you know, that is interacting with some other application or some other piece of information, you know, who is liable then for that disclosure of information? I think that's sort of the the trick. The other thing is that we can create some new laws around that, but it's kind of hard to provide laws on some of the other things because the question is like, well, who is really liable, right? Is it the human that's liable? Is it the machine that's liable? And I know we're going to get into this later in the podcast, but one of the things we thought about adding to this list that the New York Times writer wrote was, you know, should there be laws on 
how people can use AI systems to commit crimes. So let's say right now, you know, you can't rob a bank, but can you program a drone to rob a bank or something like that? I'm just making something up right now, you know, and, and should there be any new laws that say, well, even if you are not specifically setting foot in a premises, if you are setting some autonomous vehicle to do your job, it should be illegal, which you'd think would make sense, but maybe that's a loophole right now in the laws. I don't know. And another thing that we had brought up with autonomous vehicles is if there's nobody physically driving the car, say an autonomous Uber, for example, and it hits a pedestrian, who is liable? Is it the person who's in the car that's liable? Is it Uber who's liable? Is it the company that built the autonomous vehicle that's liable? And right now, I don't think that there are rules and regulations put in place to say who is criminally liable right. for that. Yeah. I mean, this was actually an issue. I think we've already started to see there was this issue about how Toyota had these gas pedals that would get stuck. This was obviously not an autonomous vehicle situation. And the owners were saying, I wasn't pressing down that gas pedal. It just got stuck. And I think the courts found Toyota to be liable for all the damage, the deaths. I th think there may have been a few. I'm not there was a few and so the owners could basically claim, hey, that won't me. That was the car I was driving itself. And maybe in 2007, that might have been the butt of a joke that the car was driving itself. That isn't so much a joke anymore that the cars really are driving themselves. So I think rather than going to the courts, there may need to be some rules and regulations about how these systems are built to basically say that if you use this autonomous vehicle, in certain cases, the owner or driver or operator or occupant is liable. In some cases, the car manufacturer is liable. In some cases, the car service is liable. I think this is pretty complicated, to be totally honest. Me too. And I think that one thing we really need to be mindful of when doing this is we have to figure out who is liable and then make sure that that doesn't stifle innovation and stifle further development on this. Because if we make a rule now that the car companies who build these autonomous vehicles are liable for whatever injuries or deaths are caused by these vehicles, I don't want it to be a hindrance to them to say, hey, this could be a potential issue. Let's not even go there. And then they just totally stop R&D on this. Yeah, that's actually a good segue. So right now we're thinking about laws and regulations about what these systems do, like, you know, how these AI systems behave in the real world. But maybe there should be regulations on what happens and how we develop AI systems. So like a good analogy of this is that nobody has put weapons in space because we have a treaty for all these countries that say that we will not put weapons in space. And of course, the first party to violate that rule violates this international space treaty rule. And we have other technologies too. We have laws and regulations on human cloning. We have laws and human regulations on stem cell research and on gene editing, you know, so we can't create designer babies. And we have those laws in place before we've actually done them. So this is the argument. It's like, do you put the regulations in place before the technology is developed just in case somebody does it? Or do you put it in later after they've done it? There are certain cases where we may have to put them in place before. So I could think of two situations where may that be relevant here. One is laws about weaponizing AI. You know, should people not be allowed to build autonomous destruction causing <laughs> machines. That's one. And then the other one is, should there be laws around merging AI technology with humans, like the whole cyborg idea? You know, is it, should it be illegal for someone to implant something in their brain that gives them some sort of advantage that is illegal, like doing the SATs or playing blackjack or something? I mean, these, these are the thoughts that I have about limitations before the systems are developed. 
Right. And I think some things that you had brought up, they're more ethical questions. So human cloning, for example, or designer babies, they're ethical questions. And I think that a lot of people can get behind the ethics of it. So you put a law in place that prevents prevents you from doing something that, you know, people don't always agree with. But artificial intelligence, I think that it's a lot more cloudy. So you could put a law in place where you're not allowed to modify a human's body with a system. So a cyborg, for example, I couldn't put a chip in my brain that helps me cheat on the SATs and get a perfect score. But what do I do with something else that's not human related? If it's autonomous vehicles or if it's a computer system, if it's a bot, if it's if it's something like that, I think that this is where it starts to get a little bit more cloudy, where people don't always want to put a regulation in place before it's been built because there's no ethics involved. I want to jump on this because you gave me an interesting idea about the whole body modification thing, right? So it is very cloudy. So you could say, okay, well, in certain instances, you're not allowed to build an AI system that gives you some capability. I recall somebody was talking about how, what if you had like, let's someone was paraplegic, was disabled and they had a basically an exoskeleton or maybe replacement parts. Should there be regulation about how strong it should be? Somebody was talking about like, can you board a plane with a robotic arm that has the capability of basically smashing through the plane? And how would you even possibly regulate that? So you can say, you're not allowed to bring guns on a plane, but you can bring a bionic arm that could smash the cockpit door. But you can't tell people to take their arm off. So, man, this is tricky. This is really tricky. The whole human-computer interface part of it, and I think the whole weaponizing of AI is very difficult. What some company may think is a competitive advantage of AI, let's say some autonomous marketing robot, Facebook could deem to be a fake news robot. So I think we're really in tricky waters on not just what the AI systems can do, but what people are allowed to build. And can you really stop some prosthetic researcher at Johns Hopkins University and say, you're not allowed to build that arm because you're building it too strong? Ooh, that's tricky. I don't know about that one. I know. And then another thing that I think that we need to be mindful of, you know, is do we develop it before the laws and the regulations and kind of predict and estimate where things are going? Or do we develop it after a system's already been built so that we regulate and maybe pull back the reins a little on it? And we had brought this up in a previous podcast. I think the Should We Be Scared of AI podcast about cell phones and laws around cell phones. And back in the 80s, when people had cell phones that were in their car, they had to be a handheld device. That's how you talk. And then, you know, in the 90s, people started to get cell phones that were not plugged into their car anymore, but there weren't as many people using cell phones and there weren't as many people driving with cell phones. And then as it started to become more mainstream and basically everybody had one, the regulator said, whoa, hold on a minute. We have a ton of distracted drivers. The instances of accidents are going up. We need to do something about this. And so they looked at what the problems were and they put laws in place to try and prevent accidents from distracted driving. Now, really what the problem is, it's distracted driving. It's not necessarily the cell phone because people have put Bluetooth devices in cars and they're able to talk through their cars now. And I don't think that has taken away the distracted driver aspect, but it's technically now legal. So holding a cell phone up to my ear is illegal, but talking on a cell phone (laughs) is not if it's on speaker or it's through Bluetooth in the car. I recall when Google Glass was a thing. (laughs) Maybe it's still a thing. I don't know. That some driver was pulled over for distracted driving using a Google Glass. And it was very confusing. Was it really distracted driving wearing a Google Glass? And I forget what happened in that situation. I don't remember if he got fined or not. And how do you prove that they weren't uh, just using it? It's tricky. So I think already we've talked about some of the 
actual real challenges. As much as Elon Musk and Bill Gates said, we got to put regulations on this thing, man, we could think of like 20 or 30 problems immediately with making real practical laws that don't interfere with development or just cause all sorts of liability issues. So let's get into some of the limitations of these rules. I mean, like even if we say put in some laws in place, we somehow get some, you know, agreement between the two parties and our government and we manage to make some regulation happen and they're not being weakened by whatever lobby group, there's still just laws in the United States, right? So, I mean, what can we do about getting, you know, parties in Russia and China and Canada to approve that? Right. So I think that we have a few things going on here. One, we have to build laws and regulations within the United States. So that could be, you know, our traffic laws. That doesn't affect people outside the country because they have their own traffic laws. So we can put our own traffic laws in place. But then there's other systems, weaponizing, for example, that that's not just a U.S. problem. That's a world problem. So how do we, if the United States come to some sort of agreement on this, we still need to get the rest of the world in place. So we needed to have some sort of world summit that we can come to some sort of resolution and agreement that all countries involved will follow these laws. Right. The other challenge, even if we do manage to get some agreement on some equivalent to the space treaty where we agree not to build AI systems that have certain capabilities, where we put some limitations into the AI system and make sure that all the big AI platform vendors agree to build that into their systems so that they don't allow these capabilities, I guess that's the way to do it. Because Facebook and Google and Microsoft, IBM, Amazon, all those guys can just say, look, we promise to build in some sort of control. I mean, what Uh, happens when they get hacked? Yeah, exactly. That still only applies, as people like to say, you know, laws apply to the law abiding. Won't get into the whole gun control argument here, but that's usually the argument. And so what do you do here with the bad actor scenario where you're like, okay, great. All those law abiding people, they've all agreed to limit their systems. But here I am back in the back cave or actually the opposite of the back cave, my my little volcano island and I'm building an AI system. I'm intentionally disregarding the laws. So thank you guys for playing by the rules, but I'm not going to play by the rules. So what do we do about that? Right. I mean, so that can either be, you know, rogue agents where it's not necessarily a nation state who's doing that, but it's an individual who's doing that. Or you have a nation state who says, I don't want to follow this anymore. Bye. I'm leaving. Kind of like the Paris Agreement. (laughs) I mean, what do you do? You just you pull out and maybe the rest of the country isn't happy about it. But too bad. You're not the one in charge. So, you know, there are limitations with laws. And then, you know, even another limitation with that is we can come to some sort of agreement and then there's a breakthrough that we were not expecting or didn't think that it would happen as quickly as it did. And basically the laws either become obsolete or need to be changed right away to incorporate whatever it is that we just built that we did not foresee happening within the next three or five years. That is a good segue because that seems to be the one thing that Elon Musk and others are really concerned about. They're not really thinking about the bad actors or companies like Tesla (laughs) making bad AI systems that cause liability. What they're afraid of is a super intelligent system that's not even a person or a bad actor or a country or even a person. It's just the system itself becomes so strong that we can no longer control that system and we lose control and all of a sudden it's the end of humanity as we know it. So what they want to do is put in some laws and regulations to prevent that from happening. Now, we talked about this on the Should We Be Scared of AI podcast and we're like, well, one way is like, will the super intelligent system respect the rules that we may have built into the system to begin with? Because that is what Elon Musk's idea is. And I'm not so sure. I don't know. 
I think that also goes back to the point I brought up earlier about how does the system interpret the law? Is it a strict interpretation of the law? Is it a loose interpretation of the law where it may think that it is law abiding? And really, we do not think that it is law abiding, mm-hmm. but it's interpreting the law in such a way that it feels it is. Yeah. I mean, a good example of that is thou shall do no harm, right? The, one of those three fundamental rules of AI robotics. So the computer's like, okay, I'm going to put all humans into a cryogenic sleep state, like the matrix. So we are technically alive. We have not been harmed, but we are also completely incapacitated. And none of the rules say anything about thou shall not incapacitate. So that's a good example of computers saying following rule, super intelligent, and I'm smarter than you. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, the question is, will these laws and regulations have any impact on the super intelligent system? And I mean, the answer really is we don't know because we're not at a super intelligent <laughs> system yet. And we don't know what we don't know. You know, that's saying we don't know what we don't know. So we don't know how the system yeah. is going to react and respond to things. And, you know, we've said this before, bad actors doing bad things. So we hope that these systems are created by good honest companies and people who, you know, have the greater good of humanity, at least involved when they're building this. But what if one super intelligent system isn't and they start creating other super intelligent yeah. systems that aren't? And now they have this little army of bad super intelligent systems attacking the good ones. Yeah. So the alternative to laws and regulations here would just be like to build countermeasures, right? Just like we have cybersecurity, we got counter cybersecurity. You can make all the laws and regulations you want about mm-hmm. cybersecurity and you will have an Equifax. So <laughs> that's the reality we're in. So, you know, laws and regulations help, but they only can go so far. I think good. we have two sort of our own thought points on this. The first one is just that speaking at the meta level, we're talking a lot about these concerns. And we did talk about this also on the Should We Be Scared of AI podcast. And we also talk about this on our AI Winters podcast, which you'll hopefully hear as well. And that is that will all this just abundance of caution cause all the researchers to pull back, the governments to pull back funding, venture capitalists to pull back funding. And it's not because of anything that the AI system can do or not do. It's just because people don't want the liability. So we're a little worried that overabundance of caution will cause some issues. Yeah. And overregulating before things actually come about that could cause a decline. I'm not necessarily sure that that could cause an AI winter, but I think that it could definitely cause a decline. Yeah. And that leads us really to our last one. Well, what do we recommend? Again, for our enterprise customers, listeners, and our vendor listeners, it's because it's just so hard to predict the future of the AI technology. How is it going to develop? It's hard to predict the usage patterns. How is AI going to be used? How and when it will develop too. You know, is this five years? Is this 50 years from now that we're building laws 50 years in advance? It's hard to predict what good people will do. It's hard to predict what bad people will do. You know, that it's probably, if we had any impact here, if anybody called us for expert witness testimony, for example, you know, we would say, well, you know, take a minimalist approach. I mean, address the problems that are clearly happening now that you can clearly provide some guidance on. Like, you know, maybe there should be a regulation about how strong a bionic arm should be. Okay, that's a reasonable thing to do. But other regulations talk about super intelligent system taking control of the universe. That one may be a little difficult to do. Uh, Yeah, I think that we should hold off on building any sort of regulation on that right now. Yeah. So that's where we stand, that we feel that, you know, taking a minimalist approach right now is the best approach. And to not be ignorant of the points that we brought up in the podcast, but to also know that we are not there yet. And so let's not sound the alarm bells on all the potential possibilities right now. And let's focus on continuing to develop and build good, intelligent systems. And let's see where this goes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this podcast. Really enjoyed this conversation. 
And listeners, we'll post any articles and concepts that we discussed in the show notes as well. So thanks for joining us and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2017 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.